So I thought I wasn't going to revisit Sentinel. However, in December 2021, Xeonis Scanlations went through the most incredible deep dive that investigated all the alleged reasons as to why Gun and Sentinel was never produced. I was stunned to find out that the reasons reported online about Sentinel were apparent half-truths or outright fabrications. I just didn't know any better, except them at face value. After reviewing all that, the things were exposed and uh, examined and posted, it only seemed right to make an episode for the Gun and Book Club that summarized these findings. What was the real gut reason that Gun and Sentinel was never made into an anime? Why can't we get more gunplay from this era? And so on. So I wanted to acknowledge BJ at Scanlations. The basis of this special episode is based off of his hard work. There'll be references in the show notes that you can check out. So let's get into it. So as a bit of background, Bondi and Model Graphics started working on Sentinel back in February 1987. Bondi had released some ads suggesting a new Gundam series would be released. While Gundam Double Zeta was still during its TV run, some staff from Gundam, rather, Model Graphics had submitted some designs of the Ewak Zack, Rigelgu, Dwaj, and Zaku 3. Some of these were released in Model Graphics Gundam Wars 2 Mission Double Zeta. I actually happen to have that book. Some other designs would be featured in Gundam Sentinel, which were also outlined in this book. These include the Gundam Mark V and Zeta Plus. It was a surprise to these staffers that there was going to be a Gundam series without any video media. Masahiko Asano described that Sentinel was originally requested by sponsors, which would include, or indicate rather, a traditional commercial image of Gundam. He thought that most of the framework was completed prior to his joining the team. Zionic Scanlations then summarized Asano's walkthrough of the project, and I'm going to get into that right now. The first meeting was held in mid-February of 1987. The goal was to set up the premise of the project, and the one idea that Bondi offered was there would be the strongest Gundam. As the meetings went on, however, a big problem came to light, and the name was Shars Counterattack. As a sidebar, there are several podcasts that I do enjoy that have discussed Shars Counterattack. Seasons of four of Gundam podcasts, Wild Cool Robot, and Weekly Sugundam all went into incredible detail about Shars Counterattack, and you should check them all out if you have not already. I won't really get into Shars Counterattack in any sort of detail, but it's important as a sort of reference for what's going on in terms of uh, chronological issues. While it was scheduled for release in March of 1988, it was known that it would take place in Universal Century 0093, and Char, obviously, and Amro would be in it. If Sentinel were to be made post UC 0093, the mobile suit's designs had not been finalized yet for Char's counterattack, and that would cause logistics problems. So, to make a series that somehow would fit in the evolutionary tree of Zeta and Double Zeta, and Char's counterattack would prove to be quite difficult. It doesn't look like a Gundam. Iota Gundam, or what would become Superior Gundam, was submitted by Katoki around late February 1987. There was, however, some pushback by the powers that be about what the strongest Gundam would resemble. Bondi saw the preliminary sketches and said bluntly, this is not a Gundam. They also said that Gundam is much simpler or that this Gundam feels too thick. Katoki, however, had a simple answer. 
He reintroduced the IATA with the standard three color scheme of blue, red, and white, just like RX-78. Bandai said during this meeting, ah yes, now this looks like a Gundam. What is Sentinel? The series was being slowly pieced together. To help with merchandising and selling Gunblock kits, they realized that the timetable for release would consist of at least six months without any new Gundam projects or material. They decided to work on a familiar unit, Full Armor Double Zeta Gundam, which had a very limited visual presence in Gundam Double Zeta, and it was used for the new show. To distinguish it from the show version, it was painted in a pure white color scheme and was equipped with a Hyper Mega Beam Cannon. Sentinel was decided upon as a name that means Watchman or Sentry. Asano felt that the name would be more rhetorical, suggesting it was a grade above video material or media. The second unit that would be released would be Iota. Iota Gundam was a temporary name given to the suit by Katoki, coming from the Greek letter name or Greek letter Gundam series, a naming convention used by Anaheim Electronics. It would be the seventh of the series that was started with the Rick DS being the Gamma Gundam. The naming convention was also considered to be the bridge, where the way to bridge the gap uh, with Shars Counterattack and obviously New Gundam. At this point in late March, a theory had been established that the new Gundam in the movie would be, at least according to info behind the scenes, the H, the High S Gundam, which came from High Streamer, a series in Animage. So the High portion was dropped, and S Gundam was chosen as a candidate, with Katoki proposing the name Supreme Gundam. A draft 1-100 scale kit was made, revealed in April 1987, with a label that read sample only, without a title for the show. It was assembled by Nobuo Suzuki, and now editor of Model Graphics in less than a two-week time frame. After his release, it did not have the best reaction from Gundam fans. You can't possibly call this gaudy thing a Gundam, were just some of the mixed reactions. Bandai then, at this point, said the project would be placed in pending status, also known as development hell. Shars Counterattack. Since this was a joint project between Bandai and Model Graphics, there is no way for the project to proceed without joint approval. Bandai stated that the project was on hold for one reason. Shars Counterattack and the mobile suit designs had progressed, and they were concerned that there would be too many Gundam products saturating the market uh, at the same time. In other words, Bandai wanted to make sure that Shars Counterattack would do well as it was the first original movie that focused on the final struggle between Shar and Amra, and did not want to do anything to distract Gundam fans. Battle of Sentinel As a last resort, the Sentinel team reached out to the editor of New Type and ran a special to help bolster support and interest. New Type put out an issue of August 1987 labeled Gundam Saga 2 and was known as the or translated into this thing is the real thing. This issue had a much better reception. This inspired Monographics to do a complete overhaul and put out their issue in September. The re-release proved to be so popular that the story was completed by Masaya Takahashi. Fans enjoyed the designs and thought that they had a much more realistic vibe to them and that's a sentiment that I share myself. 3D models were made, and kits were available for sale by the time Char's Counterattack was released. 
So now we're going to talk about some of the online claims uh, that have been promulgated and pushed out there uh, talking about Gundam Sentinel and how Scanlation went through each point, point by point, to sort of destroy them. The first one, claim number one, Model Graphics proposed Sentinel to be the first non-visual Gundam to fill the vacancy of Gundam Double Zeta. Ultimately, Sentinel, however, was placed in a pending status because of the planned release of Shars Counterattack. Bondi originally proposed model graphics on the idea of having the first non-visual Gundam, that is a series totally devoid of visual animation and a manga to originate its source. Model graphics liked the proposal, since there was a model release vacancy between Gundam Double Zeta and the next animated Gundam series, and it would be perfect to release the first model Gundam set series, first model kit for the series as Faz. However, after the first few meetings and with only a part of the story and a few of the mechanical designs in place, Bondi began losing interest due to the anticipation of the mobile suit uh, Gundam Shars Counterattack movie release, and claiming that the simultaneous release of the two Gundam stories will confuse fans. As a result, Bondi abandoned the project with model graphics and placed a pending status on Gundam Sentinel, with only an alternate color version of the FAS model release. The fan community started to doubt the authenticity of Sentinel due to the display of a mod sample model kit at the 1987 Japan Hobby Show. Bondi chose to show no inaction in defending the issue. The reality is this claim has half-truths and false assumptions. Bondi and Monographics did team up, but there was no formal plan to make Sentinel the first, first non-visual Gundam. There was no doubt over Sentinel as the story was finished. Bondi initially did have some concerns at first as some of the designs, but it does seem that promoting uh, Shard's counterattack was paramount, and they did not want to flood the market with too many titles or stories at the same time. Claim number two. The editor of New Type magazine at the time was displeased with the turn of events and adding on the Sentinel into the August 1987 issue of New Type, published on July 10, 1987, with a Gundam Saga 2 cover special. Six pages of brief, detailed introduction to the story was inserted, with the story, or rather the words, this is real, added to, contern- to confirm rather its authenticity. The six pages are as follows. The first two pages showed uh, a detailed mechanical design of the titular machine, Superior Gundam. Pages 4 and 5 featured an MSA 007 Nero against an RMS-141 Zeku Eins Type 1 drawn by former animator, now acclaimed director Hideaki Anno. The last two pages contained more of Hajime Katoki's design of the Superior Gundam. The actual feature uh, in reality is in the Gundam, or the August 1987 issue of New Type, had a lot more to it than this. The first four pages of the article have promotion images for Shars Counterattack with alternative designs of the mechanical and color schemes for characters. The next two pages are a complete timeline of Universal Century as of that point. The, number three, the mechanical view of Superior Gundam by Kotoki and Tsuriyama Osamu with detailed explanation of the suit. Four, there is a spread dedicated to the S Gundam in G Cruiser mode, along with the booster type S Gundam. There is also an article by Tomino about how Gundam is doing well, since he is at the time no longer in control. The brief, detailed introduction that was mentioned is an overstatement. It outlined the day of the car episode of Zeta. It also stated at the time of the confrontation with Axis Neo Zeon. It was alarming that such a division was occurring within the same Earth Federation and the AU hastily formed a specialist unit to hunt down the Titan's remnants. 
Another Gundam world, Gundam Sentinel, depicts the struggle between Ayuk using the Pegasus 3 as their flagship and the remnants of the Titans who are calling themselves the New Decides. Truth be told, this Gundam Sentinel series tends to title is an original project that is unrelated to the theatrical release, theatrical version of Gundam, and has been developed on the assumption that it will be made into models. Masahiko Asano went on to explain things in more detail in the What Sentinel section of the Gundam Wars 3 book. The only thing I'd like to talk about is the planning system in Japan. In the United States, there are planning fees paid each time, and whether it's approved or not, the copyright goes to the planner or created until the end. In Japan, however, it's the exact opposite, and things start circulating as soon as they're established. For us, it may sound like a ploy, but we couldn't just put Sentinel on hold at this point. That's how much time, effort, and authorship went into this project. The only thing that mattered to us was getting the project or product back out on the market, no matter what the cost. So our battle to make this happen was on. The first thing we had to do was make Sentinel publicly recognized. We had to make a broad appeal to the public, letting them know that it wasn't a paradox, but real Gundam. We wanted to show it to as many people as possible, and if possible, in a medium other than model magazines. Fortunately for us, when I approached Inoue-san of Kadokawa Shoten's monthly new type editorial department, he agreed. In the August 1987 issue, on sale July 10th, there was an article titled Gundam Saga 2, with some copy text of This is the Real Deal and cell work of the Superior Gundam by Kotoki-san. What's more, there was also cell work of early draft versions of the Nero vs. Zeku Eins by animator Hideaki Anno across his next spread. Plus, I was able to devote some space to a PR piece. Yes, a full PR piece. Not just one copy, copy text to Sentinel by myself. As a sidebar, I was not aware that before Anno went on to work on Evangelion, he did a fair amount of work on Forgotten and Sentinel in particular. Claim number three. Once the fan community exploded in excitement and anticipation of Gundam Sentinel, Bandai decided to go ahead with the serialization of Sentinel, beginning with the superior, rather September issue of Model Graphics. While Model Graphics would hold the rights to the stories, characters, and mobile units, Bandai would have the sole copyright of releasing its models. Wanting to hold on to the partnership with Model Graphics, Bandai went and displayed all five of the sample model kits for the Gundam Sentinel line, with full descriptions of each model at the May 19. 1988 Japan Hobby Show. The model graphics team regarded that event as a victory compared to the previous show in 1987 where only a lone superior Gundam was displayed without any descriptions. Copyright Issues of Gundam Sentinel The name Gundam is copyrighted and owned by Bandai, yet Gundam Sentinel was technically created by model graphics. Thus, Bandai must receive approval from model graphics every time the company wishes to release any mecha or character from the series since Model Graphics holds the copyright to Sentinel. This is due to the fact that Sotsu Agency, the co-owner of the Gundam franchise, did not manage the copyright well enough during the period of Sentinel's conception and creation. This gave Bandai a hard time whenever they tried to use Sentinel units in any official release. One example would be the Gundam War collectible card game, where the release of the 4th edition and onwards prevented Sentinel units from being appearing. So, in reality, the biggest issue that was misunderstood with this IP is the copyright issue. I certainly did not understand this myself. Model Graphics released an article by Kawaguchi Katsumi in August 2001 to dispel any rumors. I'll read at least parts of the text that was translated by simulations.
Report on the current situation announcements regarding further information disclosure on the move towards reproducing Sentinel kits. Since December of last year, or 2000, Bondi and Artbox have been discussing reproducing Sentinel kits. It has been a very complicated and daunting task involving attempting to correct every mutual misunderstanding and broken promise accumulated over the past decade to create future guidelines for Sentinel content. Unfortunately, a report in the July 2001 issue of Hobby Japan magazine led to an explosive spread of rumors having little basis in the facts of this matter. They have now reached a level at which they could hinder the progress of further discussions. Here, Kawaguchi-san of Bondi has stated, I would like to extinguish these rumors by reporting the actual situation in Model Graphics magazine. Model Graphics editorial department has also acknowledged this, and as such, a special haze page has was set up here. The contents of Sentinel have occupied a, a unique position due to the process of its creation. Essentially, following the broadcast Double Zeta, a new Gundam was planned for release. At that time, Bandai's hobby division approached Artbox for a tie-in project for the first time in the magazine's history. Artbox began planning and securing personnel in anticipation after receiving this request. However, with the release of the movie Shars Counterattack, the priority for commercialization shifted from Sentinel to Shars Counterattack, and the tie-in was cancelled. After discussions with Bandai, the project team, which had been preparing, decided to restructure the plan and start serialization as an independent magazine project. This is how Sentinel got its start. After this, and once the product on the market from Shards Counterattack settled down, Bondi proposed putting Sentinel movable suits on the market to Artbox while considering the launch of the next series. Once again, moves to start commercialization in the form of a tie-in started. Although the terms and conditions, etc. for the tie-ins are considered as much as possible with mutual benefit in mind, it goes without saying that the benefits lie in merchandising for new guns for Bondi. By contrast, the benefit for Artbox, Artbox lay in the payment for planning cooperation fees, as a general, the fact that Artbox would take the initiative for putting the product on the market, the payments of a usage fee or royalty for each mobile suit product appearing in Sentinel, and so on. Promises were made orally for each of these at the time. In addition, after the decision to commercialize four items in the series, modified kits and garage kit products for the other mobile suits were presented to and approved by Artbox. Unfortunately, the promises made regarding this matter were not left in writing. Due to internal circumstances of Bondi, notably personal changes, the circumstances of the establishment of this aspect of Sentinel were not conveyed to other members of the organization. Someone in charge of product development with no knowledge of this background only knows that Sentinel is one of Gundam's variations and commercializes it based on such knowledge. As a result, previously made promises were violated. Despite actions from Artbox asking for the promises made to be fulfilled, People in charge who did not know the circumstances replied to the effect, since Sosu Agency and Sunrise own Gundam was a problem with being commercialized through mutual agreement between the two parties. Such cases were repeated a few times and Sentinel gradually developed an image as, as content that was difficult to handle. The prejudice of difficult to handle content was gradually transformed into a misunderstanding that Sentinel couldn't be, could not be commercialized because Artbox was claiming copyright. The relationship between the model magazine and the manufacturer, which is maintained by mutual trust, cannot function smoothly in such a situation, and the distance between model graphics and Bondi gradually increased. 
The situation led to the start of whispers and rumors to the effect that Bondi has approached Artbox to commercialize Sentinel, but there seems to be difficulties related to a very variety of issues, and Sentinel has not been officialized because Artbox is claiming rights. Since I was not a part of the hobby division at the time, I was not in a position to know the details. However, since it was necessary to confirm why the Sentinel mobile suits became difficult to handle content, one considering its renewed commercialization, I did conduct hearings from as neutral a standpoint as possible. Following these, I judged that to move forward with the project, it was first necessary to talk to the art box about renewing commercialization. We have been talking about this since the end of last year. This is, of course, back in 2001. My understanding is that Artbox has no desire to, desire to claim rights or copyright, but instead wants the creation of a forum for discussions, which have not been held since the original promises were made. The kind of topics that should be discussed in the forum include the special position of the Sentinel content, as well as the creation of a mutual understanding concerning how this content will be handled going forward. Of course, this is something that cannot be done overnight, or 20 years it seems. It is something that must be built up over time in the future. However, I am convinced that the first step towards that end goal has already been taken. Since I was involved with these discussions, the announcement to start Sentinel with GFF, featured in the July 2001 issue of Hobby Japan, was a shock to me. Typically, one would think that each business decision with the company called Bandai would cooperate and exchange information. However, the current Bandai was formed as a group company by integrating original separate companies. Whether latent or actual, feeling of competition between the different business divisions persists. Inevitably, those who have lost a sense of competitiveness are weeded out. In this sense, I do not think that a feeling of intra-company competition is terrible. However, in my opinion, the hobby division's the number one rival for the last few years has not been Tamiya or Hasegawa, but rather the character division. To put it bluntly, I have decided to write this because while the hobby division has been carefully laying plans for GFF Sentinels, mobile suits since the beginning of the year and proceeding with the renewal of commercialization work for the Sentinel mobile suits in consultation with Artbox, the party to whom previous promises were made, there have been speculation that we are simply falling further and further behind. Because of the rumors about Sentinels mentioned above, the topic of the commercialization of Sentinel have received considerable interest for both negative and positive reasons. I could actually feel this from users' reactions after July, rather June 25th. This is why we recognize that we have to carefully consider how to treat the peculiar nature that is Sentinel. However, on the other hand, I do hope that the understanding of the pride of having the Gunpla products support the Gundam's Gundam contents over 20 years, readers can understand that the hobby division is now working towards the renewal and commercialization of Sentinel mobile suits, including the hybrid Universal Century and Master Grade series. So to give, I guess, my personal reaction to all this, I want to once again thank BJ over at Scandalation for dispelling all the myths and half-truths regarding the history of Gundam Sentinel. This episode was entirely based on his work, so I needed to shout him out. As you know, Sentinel is my favorite thing from Gundam. I still wish, like my guy from Soul Worldview from MHQ, that this could be made someday. Although it's still possible, it seems less and less likely every day. But then again, I never thought I would see Gundam Hathaway in animated form, so it's always possible. 
I admire the job the designers were able to create for Sentinel, especially given the fact that designers had to try to somehow make the, the mechanics of Sentinel take place before Shard's counterattack, but somehow make it logically flow from the design aesthetics from Zeta and Double Zeta. Features like the Zeta Plus as a logical development of the Zeta seemed like a natural progression. It was a nice touch that they were able to feature the Zeta Plus in Unicorn and also build out his re-rise. Also somehow being able to make the S-Gun a natural development or progression from the complexity of the gun in Double Zeta does make sense. Other units like the Gun of Mark V being the progenitor for the Dovin Wolf, another unit seen in Unicorn and Narrative also was a nice touch. I did think Sentinel does a wonderful job for explaining to at least some of the some of the reasons why the Titans remnants would exist. I can't imagine all the Titans forces either all died at the end of Zeta or brought back into the fold of the Aeg faction of the Earth Federation forces. I would imagine that there would be at least some form of uh, resistance who would still hold out beliefs on the Titans ideology. I have not done this in a long time. Please be sure to check out the Twitter page at Gun and Sentinel 2, Instagram at Gun and Sentinel Podcast, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash Gun and Sentinel Podcast. If you like what you hear, please rate and give a review on whatever means you listen to this podcast and tell your gun and loving otaku friend to check it out. Until next time.